Calling all PWR Network fans and followers. Heads up. For a limited time, we're offering a lifetime registered PWR Network membership. When we reach 90,000 registered lifetime members, that's just 1% of our documented 9 million listeners, this lifetime membership option ends. To learn more about all the perks PWR Network 1%ers get for a flat $20, visit pwrtalk.com today. Click the Gratitude Options button see what perks await you. Hi, I'm Soul Dancer, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and I wonder, are you a manager, a social worker, a teacher, a coach? Do you have a passion to help people learn, help them laugh, help them grow to be more healthy, wealthy, and wise? If so, I want to talk to you. My Pay Me What I'm Worth self-paced program provides a plug-and-play series of classes to complement your existing programs. Call me at 312-268-0000 to learn how we can add some additional income to your program, practice, or center today. Thanks for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. Would you please call our listener line at 734-827-9406. Again, our listener line is 734-827-9406. You can press the pound key and go right into voicemail, and you can share your comments about our shows. You may just hear your comment on air. Thank you for sharing some feedback to PWR Network by calling our comment line at 734-827-9406. Heads up, in 2014, 300 lucky people will take advantage of Soul Dancer's confidence building program for the whopping price of a buck a day. Visit pay411.co and click on the lucky 300 button to learn more. Once 300 people take advantage of Soul's offer, that's it. Now, the question is, will you be one of those lucky 300 people? Visit pay411.co today and get lucky. Welcome back to PWR Network, the world in your hands.
And welcome back, everyone. Soul Dancer here, your host for the next 60 minutes as we dive into week two of 12 on our journey to bump up our confidence one day, one step at a time. We have a regular cast of characters that are going to be joining us throughout this week. I encourage you, highly encourage you to go out to bit.ly. That's again, bit.ly forward slash confidence cast. And you'll get to learn more about each of the people here on this show. Once again, in gratitude, I bow to Lillian for hosting us on PWR Talk Live Radio. Lillian, we're excited to get round two going. Thanks again for helping us create this amazing series. You're very, very welcome. Why don't you tell them how many people are indeed listening to this amazing series? Well, if I understand, you're, 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 you know for sure you've got at least... What is it, 15,000 people so far listening in? Yes. All right. We can document 15,000 so far. No pressure, crew. No pressure at all. (laughs) (laughs) They're all going, ah! (laughs) All right. Let's have a quick round of howdies from everybody. Just give me a quick status update, how you're doing, and then we're going to dive into our material world. Who wants to go first? Howdy from England. I'm hearing you loud and clear. Thank you, Sue. This is Isabel from Boston. I'm doing very well. Hey, welcome back. Elaine O'Malley from Falls Church is here. All right, Elaine. This is Monica from Las Vegas. Yay. Who else is next? This is Jace. I got into a big argument with my mom, and so I am not feeling great about that. So I'm mixed right now. Okay. Well, the call timing is perfect, though, because I want to break some of these old patterns. Because it was around money, so it's great. Well, since nobody else listening has any issues around money, we'll try to get you in just a little bit. (laughs) And I think we got Sarah left. Sarah, say howdy. Howdy, everybody. Excellent. Excellent. All right. For everybody listening in, what we're doing on this journey, I want you to image in your mind the old classic hourglass. Think of an hourglass, the old-fashioned hourglass, where it's wide at the top. It comes down to a neck where the sand passes through from the top to the bottom, and then it creates that pile of sand in the wide part down on the bottom of the hourglass. We've just begun our journey. We are at the top of the hourglass. The next five shows, including this one, so this show through the next four, we're in the top half of the hourglass, and we're getting ready to prepare ourselves on an internal basis, learning how to receive more confidence in our life. This show, we're going to look at what our material world means to us. How does our material world impact, affect our confidence? What does it do for our confidence? Does it help it? Does it hurt it? If it helps us, great. If it hurts us, what's that all about? So as we get into this show today, I'm going to posit this question out there for everybody to chime in, give your two cents on. Is there a particular story that you recall where you either got something or you lost something, physical something, something that you could touch, taste, see, smell, or hear? It's that physical component. Is there something in your life that you either got or lost that completely rattled you and rattled your sense of confidence. Anybody got a story you want to share? I do. It's, this is Monica. 
Uh-huh. Uh, the, fir- <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind when you said lost something is when I uh, purchased some properties here in Las Vegas. I was feeling pretty awesome. I was, felt very accomplished, and I was moving forward. I had a game plan. This is going to help me with my retirement. Most people are aware that, especially in Las Vegas, when the market turned, it really plummeted here. And I lost those properties. I don't have them anymore. And that absolutely shook me to the core of thinking about my future, my life, um, my confidence. It definitely shook that up. I wasn't emotionally attached to the properties specifically. I was emotionally attached to what that was going to do for me. That was a really tough one for when that happened. Since that time, I, I worked through that emotion, and I don't feel the same way I did when it happened. I am in such a better place now, and perhaps that was ways that was a total blessing that situation turned out the way it did. Yet, at the time, it was pretty devastating. What helped you dig out of it? Did I dig out? I, I was able to maintain and kept telling myself, I'm just recalculating. And I I move forward, kept moving forward. But, uh, yeah, it's still affecting my credit today and that sort of stuff. But for the most part, it's all in the past. So you're helping us dive into a very important aspect of today's show without you even knowing it, Monica. You again are reading my mind. I, I don't know. I'm getting kind of scared here. She's reading <laughs> my mind. Ooh. Expectations. Expectation involved with purchasing that land and as to what it was going to do for you down the road, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I had a whole game plan. Didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> uh-huh. So let's keep that word in our forefront for today's show expectations. What else? What other stories do we have? Sarah from Las Vegas. I remember the first time I purchased my vehicle, I have a Jeep. And it was brand new. I remember walking into the dealership, and as soon as I saw the car, I knew that was the one. They had it up, like, on a pedestal, and then I told the the salesman, I said, that's my car, that's the one I want. And I took it out for a drive, and for sure, that was the car of my dreams at that time. And I bought it that day, and I drove it that day, and I felt very happy. I felt... Uh, accomplished, and I feel very confident in my new car, and I, and I just love the feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Isabella, I, I heard you chime in. Yes. yes. For me, it's not something that I, I mean, I lost it, but because I was robbed. I had, it was years ago, I was not married at the time, but I was living with my husband, that is my husband now. We had a one-room apartment. We were away for the weekend, and when we came back, the door was open. The door of our apartment was open, completely open. I came in and I saw all my clothes on the floor, mm. and I looked what was, who, what, who, what, what, did, what did they steal? And they only, I mean, they stole my good jewelry that I love. But I was my main thought was not, oh, my jewelry. So, so yes, yeah, so my main thought was okay. They, they stole my good jewelry, and I'm sad. But it was more like I felt violated. But they touched my clothes, they touched everything, and they didn't touch my husband's side of the closet, only my side. I felt very violated, and then I said to myself, you know what, it's okay because we are alive. 
So I don't care about what they stole. I don't mm-hmm. care about what they, what I lost. At least we are. It could have been even worse if we could have been there and we could have been killed. Oh, I don't know what it would have been. I said to myself, you know, I don't mind about my jewelry. Even if I love my jewelry and it was very expensive jewelry, I said, I don't mind. I'm safe. We are safe. So I was I was kind of amazed that I felt this way because usually I'm very attached to things. And I said to myself, you know, I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Completely fine. And now we're, thank you, Isabel. Now we're getting into another very key component of confidence building what the stories I've heard so far, or at least that Monica and Isabel, the common thing that you had in there to help get through this is a word release. You began to release some of the fear around what happened because you began to realize, wait a minute, the sun's still coming up. I'm still doing okay. We just begin to press on. True? Yes. 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 All right. Other stories, other thoughts on this so far? Hi, this is Stuart in the UK. One of the things that I came up with was when I achieved a black belt in a martial art that I do. And I've been studying for, for many years, and I had been avoiding actually taking any gradings. I, I used to think it wasn't a valuable thing to do. I was just there to learn the style and learn the techniques, and I didn't need to have a colored belt to kind of describe who I was or how good I was or, or anything else. And then I found a new teacher in a, in a new class, and he kind of explained to me the benefit of actually going through the gradings was to put myself in a position where I was really nervous because you have the whole class watching and you're, like any test, you're under pressure, you know? But you're not only just under pressure to know what you're talking about or, or doing, you're actually under pressure because somebody's actually trying to attack you, so you've got you to do something. And his point was, if you go through this test of pressure that's the important bit because if you if you know the techniques in the dojo and it's all calm and it's very friendly but you get outside and somebody attacks you you can't do them it's pointless and so when i when i actually achieved that black belt after many many years there was a huge accomplishment for me and a new perspective and i think that's what i got from isabel's thing and story as well was she she changed her perspective about about that situation, about that occurrence. And, and certainly I had a change of perspective after my teacher had told me that other fact about why we, why he does the, the, um, the gradings. And when I had that new perspective, it, it, it shifted my whole mindset. Wicked, that concept of perspective, eh? <laughs> <laughs> our confidence is so grounded in our five senses, yeah? Yes. Yes. Now, next week, this is a little plot spoiler, but next week we're going to get into something a little more intangible, and that's our skills. For the rest of the show today, what I want to get into is what I take you on in the first chapter of Pay Me What I'm Worth is a treasure hunt. And I'd like you to be all to begin to just now, for a moment, follow along just a little bit. Just imagine you being a bird in your own home or a bird in your own office, or a bird that's someplace where you physically go to that means something to you. And as a bird, I'd like you to begin to fly around from room to room, begin to perch just a little bit, and vision, whether you're there now physically or not, just in your head, vision, what's in that room that's valuable to you? What's in that room that really means a great deal, that 
if you were told that you had to get out, there was a fire coming or a flood coming, or it's one of those things that when you start packing to move to a new location, it's one of those things that you take great care in packing. And here's where I invite you all to get your pad of paper out and a pen and just start brainstorming just off the top of your head. What are some of those things as you fly about your room or rooms or yard or land? What are those number one things that come to mind that are very special to you? They mean a great deal. It might be a picture. It might be a, a piece of clothing that was handed down or it might be a piece of jewelry or it, it could be a song someone wrote for you or a piece of artwork. Whatever that is, just get into your head and begin to think about as you travel your physical world, I'd like to hear from each of you, what's one of those items that really carries a significant amount of uh, emotional currency for you? Well, so this is Elaine. Uh-huh. And I think the thing that I care about most is the house itself. Uh-huh. It's the house that I grew up in. I inherited it from my parents. I mean, this is home. It's not a house. It's home. Mm-hmm. And I could pretty much lose anything in it except for my two cats and life would go on. I mean, there are some things that mean a lot to me, maybe some of Mom's furniture or some of Dad's shirts that I kept after he died or different things, but I would hate to lose the house. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just from an, um, you know, just a practicality standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint because this is home. And I talk to my parents all the time. I know they're in heaven and they're watching over me. And I talk to them all the time here. I can kind of feel them here. This is where I grew up. This is where they are, you know. So I would hate to lose the house. That's really important to me. Mm, Elaine, yum. we got to get to video sooner or later because you got to see my face is getting all wrinkled up and smiles again. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Who else? Uh, this, this is, is Isabel. Isabel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's. Uh, I was amazed when I did that because uh, I um, the things that really came to mind was my uh, pictures of my family, my son, my husband, uh, letters of friends and family, and uh, those things that are doesn't cost any money, but are very dear to my heart. And the things that really cost money, I was like, yes, I would be sad to lose them, but uh, I would be okay, because I can always... It's okay. It's okay. But the things that I will... Take first, it's something like memories, memories that I had. Mm, so it's the irreplaceable st- things. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Yes. All right. Jace, how about you? Let me just start calling on folks so that it's easier to go down the line. Jace, what came up to mind for you? Sure. Uh, it's uh, the hard drive for my computer. I've got a like a three terabyte hard drive, and I've backed up everything on it. So, um the main thing was very similar. It was, it was, I have got thousands, tens of thousands of digital pictures from about, starting about when digital cameras came out, for me that was about 2001, 2002, 2003, and that's right about when I started my personal development journey. So it kind of goes along together. Like my favorite memories of the last 10 years are on there, along with a bunch of documents and other stuff, but mostly it's the pictures and music. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Sarah? 
Yes, for me, it was a picture of my daughters. There's a picture that I took um, of them, and it's my favorite picture. And every time I walk through the hallway, I see this picture. It reminds me of how happy um, I am when I'm around the girls, and I just have beautiful memories of them growing up, and that was my favorite time of my life. So that one picture just is that's it for me. Okay, good to know. All right, I'm going to jump to Monica. Monica, what did you come up with as you flew around? Uh, this, well, there's similar things of, you know, my computer that holds so many pictures. That's really important to me. Um, and uh, But one thing that, that stood out is how many uh, things I have kept and gathered as I've traveled. And uh, some of those, they, I love remembering where I went and who I was with and the experience of, and so I have a lot of those treasures around my house. And they're, um, they, they hold up, they're not necessarily the most amazing things, yet they hold sentimental value for me. <laughs> okay. There's a theme going on here. I love it. It's, and you're, you're all, by the way, of the years that I've been doing this, you're all – pretty much synthesizing into a very uh, familiar response on this. So you're right on target. Stu, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually smiled when uh, Jace said his hard drive because that's the sign of the times, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're all reaching, you know, we, we all understand that we'd be reaching for our photographs, etc., because they, that's all of our memories. And But now our memories are computerized, they're digitized, and and so I absolutely smiled. I thought, yeah, I would grab my computer. But to be honest, I, it, we would grab the dogs and the cat first. And if we managed to get out of the house and they were all okay, then I'd probably come in and get the computer and some other photographs and some other. My record collection would go up in smoke and I would be gutted. But, um, but yeah, it would, do you know what? I'm looking around thinking, do you know what? What would I actually be so, so upset with losing? And it's not much. It's, it's, it is just those, those personal things. I've got, a, I've got a ring from my mum that she left me when she died. Um, I, never, I never really get it out and look at it, but I hate to lose it. So mm -hmm. I suppose we're all on the same page with that one. We're definitely getting there. Definitely getting there. Any particular idea why I asked each of you to get very firmly in mind these items? Hmm. I, you know, when I was taking a look at everything, I uh, I started asking myself, why do I have that? Or why have I kept this? Um, and why did I place it where I placed it so I could see it every day? But I, um, it, for me, all of this came down to how I felt about it, my emotions wrapped around it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm guessing you're going somewhere with our emotions. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Oh, yes. I hear a wonderful laugh. Go for it, Jace. Um, yeah, I, I, I almost think it was a trick question because you said, um, you asked, did you wonder why I asked you to have in mind all this stuff? Because uh, my experience of all this is how it makes me feel and my, my mental or emotional attachment to it. And I took on a process a few years ago. I don't remember the name of the book, but they basically said, if it's not beautiful, useful, or you don't love it, chuck it. And um, 
Mm-hmm. I've really made that a practice. And uh, so, and so one thing I noticed is I'm, I live with someone now, and a lot of my stuff is in storage, and I really don't miss it. But as I was doing the exercise in Chapter 1, I started to take count of the cool stuff I do have that I've been making myself wrong for really liking it. Like I have a, a killer TV and an awesome surround sound system. And I've been kind of making myself wrong for missing it, but I actually love it, and I'd really like to have it again. And there, I don't know, I'm kind of conflicted on this because so much of my training has been like, don't be attached to the outside stuff. But you know what? I do get a little zing of energy from thinking about what I did to make that happen. I mean, that's I first bought that TV and stereo when I started making a lot of money, and I spent a lot of money on it, and so. I don't know, I'm kind of mixed on this, but when I think about it, I sure do have a lot of fun watching it and using it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, we're getting warmer, getting warmer, keep going. Elaine? Um, well, I think um, it goes to show that the things we care about don't always cost a lot of money. I mean, I know I said I meant the house, but the house value is not the point. The point of you know, I see these people that lose their houses like in Sandy and I just can't even imagine what that's like. But for me, it's the emotional attachment to the house that I would miss, not the value of the house or the anything else. I think it's all the emotional attachment and what, you know, that, that does give us confidence or whatever, you know, the, um, how that builds into how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Isabel, I think I, was, I heard you a little bit yeah. there. Yeah, for me, when I did the exercise, I felt very overwhelmed because I said, wow, I have so many things, so many things that I... I don't even need. Why do I keep those things? And I feel, I really feel like, you know, and all the money I've spent in the past buying those things that I don't even use. And I really felt even sick to my stomach. I, and I said, you know, I don't, why did I buy buy those things? Maybe um, to make me feel good at the time, because I, I love clothes. So I said, it was at the time to make, make me feel good, but really, do I need those clothes? And do that? do I wear them anyway? And then I say, you know, if I lose them, I, I won't mind. I won't uh, feel my, con- I, I won't lose my confidence or anything. So now it made me realize that, you know, I don't, I don't want to buy anything anymore. Really, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it was very interesting. You're, you're touching upon the very core reason why I, in chapter one, I start out with you getting in touch with these cherished items. And the reason why I want you to be very conscious of these cherished items is these are your Achilles heel to your confidence. These are the Achilles heel to your confidence. If they are lost, stolen, whatever the case may be, these items that you've identified, which mean a significant amount to you, they may not necessarily hold a lot of value to other people because of the sentimental value and so forth, but these particular items are your teachers about confidence. And as you gain that gift of perspective, I mean, Stu, you're so spot on, spot on with with perspective. As you gain a perspective about what these items mean and you can add to it your overview of your expectations, what do these things mean in your life, that if they were somehow to be missing, lost, stolen, whatever the case may be, what is that going to do for you? And it, not that I'm wishing that upon you, but it's more of that as you get in touch with it, it's much like any type of training. You become disciplined to anticipate how you can respond. Yeah? Yeah. 
Thoughts on this so far? What are your ideas with what I just said? Can you flesh that out a little bit more? Your Achilles heel. See, you know, our material world is both a, uh, a sweet and sour mix. On the sweet side, we use our material world to demonstrate to the world who we are, how we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves. We Our confidence is demonstrated to the world by our material stuff. So in many ways, our material world is a projection of who and what we think we're all about and the level of confidence we have. So what I'm trying to create for us on our very first journey into building our confidence, we have to look at our cornerstones of confidence. What are the rock-solid cornerstones of our confidence? One of them is our material world. Where, where's, the, where's the weakest links in our material world? And I just help you identify what those weak links could be and what they would do to your confidence. Gotcha. Thank you. Other thoughts? Oh, this is Stu. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that the stuff that we have and we surround ourselves with is the evidence of our achievements, whether those achievements have been, uh, you know, financial or or, or gaining in, in enough in, in material goods, or whether it's just in our relationships that we've that we've uh, nurtured along the way, and we have photographs which are evidence of those relationships. Um, and, and so on and so forth. So all the stuff that we can sense, feeling it, touching it, smelling it, tasting it, whatever, is our evidence. And I suppose if we lose the evidence, we then question whether we achieved it in the first place. I don't know. Where, am I going somewhere with that? I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> I think brought? you are, Stu. Yeah. Oh, oh, go for it. Monica, go for yeah, it. Yeah, this is Monica. Absolutely. I, I followed every word you said. And uh, I... Well, earlier this year, I moved, and when I moved from a bigger house into now a smaller situation, I it felt great to get rid of a lot of stuff that didn't mean anything to me, but the things that I kept are absolutely connected to what you just said of the achievements and things that I've accomplished in my life, where I've been, and, you know, that sort of thing, so that makes complete sense. Which we're now touching upon, and we can continue on debriefing on this part, but there's another juicy component to confidence that is also another C word. Let's see if you can pick it up. And this C word is very much demonstrated by our material world. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Wheel of Fortune here. Anybody guess what that other C word might be? Change. Actually, just the opposite of that. Constant. Create. Do you got it? Constant consistency. Our material world. What does that do for us? It gives us a sense of consistency. Yeah. Yeah, we get bigger and better. And it makes us feel uh, safe. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the more we have, the more evidence we have. Yes, exactly. And it, was that Isabel? Did I hear you? I just say safe. The word. The word safe. I have things um, from when my son was now he's 13, almost 14, and I have clothes when he was a baby. I say, why do I keep those clothes? I keep all the clothes since he was a baby, and okay. I don't know if I feel I don't know if it's feeling safe or because I'm attached to them, but I don't I don't know. And I say, you know, it would be so much better to give those clothes away. It will profit someone else. But there are things that I want to keep. 
because I don't know. I want to to attach to. I mean, be attached to the past, which is not a good thing. I should look forward, and I know when I get get rid of all out of the things, I will. Because sometimes when you keep things that uh, from the past, it enables you to go forward and to 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 look at the future instead of looking at the past. So I think it would be a good thing. Sometimes I, I imagine myself coming to my house and everything would be in order or everything would... I mean, I, I've said to my husband for the past five years, I'm going to have a tax sale. He said, what, or said, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And things accumulate, 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 and I don't do it. I have a hard time getting rid of things. But I need to do it because it, I will feel so much lighter, so much uh, more powerful if I do it. Yes. Oh, most certainly. Stuart, you were about to say something. And Stuart, you helped really bring up, you got your spot on here about that evidence of achievements. You're, you're totally on board there. Our stuff is like a plaque. It's, it, it's this award that we have that, you know, that diploma on the wall means I went through this training program and I got that degree, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sarah, what, uh, out of curiosity, when you started thinking about those precious items, I want to start getting into some real stuff. Just imagine those items now gone. For whatever reason, you know, they're just an earthquake happened, your house is gone, it's gone. What's that going to do to your sense of confidence? Well, first of all, we'll be devastated. And... um I will feel a little bit lost and um, I think scared. Definitely my confidence will be lower. Um, I will have to um, start all over again in a sense and, um, you know, I I will feel lost for a while. Certainly understandable. Certainly understandable. Jace, you had some thoughts. Yeah, um, I actually, what I was mentioning earlier about I was conflicted about this finding confidence from our things, I, I went through this. I, I, the house I lived in was foreclosed, and I moved to an apartment and uh, downsized, and then I downsized again, and then I downsized again, and all my stuff's in storage for the most part. And um, I know it's there, but I don't see it every day, and I really don't miss it, honestly. And I... I don't know. I I've thought many times, like, if there was a fire and it took out all of my stuff, in a way it would be a huge relief, just completely start fresh, no old emotional attachments, no anything. Like, in some ways, every time, I kind of see, like, when you're talking about our, uh, our possessions being an Achilles, if I have a plaque on the ward and I look to it and I go, wow, you know, I get pride out of this, I'm still looking at my past, and it's still past-based. I'm not just in the moment present. So um, I'm, I'm summarizing all this now. The, I, I'd like to say I'd be okay with it, that, my, that I, my confidence doesn't come from that stuff. I mean, it's nice to have it, but, you know, I used to have a real fancy car, and I just I really don't miss it. I'm very happy with my little truck. You know, and if my little truck disappeared, it'd be a pain in the butt, but I'd like to believe I'd be okay. Part of my goal with you getting in touch with your material world is for you to have that reflective moment where you know where your priorities are. You know what you need to feel secure. 
And if those things are in the physical sense, their hard drives, their pictures, their scrapbooks, their four-leggeds or two-wingeds, if those are in your priority, then being mindful of the fact that what may threaten their success threatens your success as well. Did that make sense? Diving into the material world, I want to segue now into each of you, as you think of yourself being that bird in the house, and going back through your, your life again. Now, this is your entire life. All of the things, and, and for those listening and playing along, getting out your pad a paper and a pen and continuing on this journey, all of those things that have come in and out of your life materialistically. Think about those things that you do have left. If you were to share that with someone, either if somebody offered to buy it or you wanted to gift it to them, or whatever the case may be. Just imagine, for a moment, the joy, the excitement, like giving a gift on that special birthday or anniversary or holiday, giving a gift to someone who has always admired something, and let them enjoy it, and let them enjoy it while you can enjoy them enjoying it. <laughs> So many people wait until it's after the fact that they give things away. Go through your things confidence-wise. The goal with our first show on our material world is to become at peace that if you had to leave at a moment's notice with just those things you could carry, even if that, that no matter what happens to you, know you're cared for. Know in the end, you're cared for and all will be fine. We'll create a robust, fertile soil for your confidence to just really, really grow deep, deep roots. Am I getting too esoteric? Is this too too woo-woo? Feel free no. to say if it's too woo-woo or not. No, it's fine. Is there something, Sol, that you were thinking of as you were going through that process of letting those things go? Release. Relief, relief actually. Yeah. The, the, the people that I, I, this is where I have this, I have two diseases that I'll disclose here on the show. The first disease is I'm an internal optimist. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I am an eternal optimist. I mean, the most awful things could happen. And people will look at me, and they'll, they don't understand why I'm not gnashing and wailing my teeth. It's because I'm looking at what's the silver lining in this? What's the lesson in that? So from the, the perspective of the material world and living in balance with what I need when I need it, Stuart, I think you touched upon this earlier in the show. It's, or, or was it you, Jace? Being in the moment? Who talked about being in the moment at the beginning of the show? Jace. Jace. Okay, Jace, what is it about being in the moment that helps you maintain a higher level of confidence, you think? Um, I just know when I, when I look at past things to, I don't know, I, I read somewhere, like living in the past is tinged with sorrow or something like that or melancholy. And even if looking back at a picture that I'm like, oh, what a great event that was, there's party that goes, Oh, I wish I was still there. Like a little bit of sadness or something like that comes in with it, and I'm I'm not here. 
know, if I'm not here, if I'm there looking at how great that was, I'm wishing I could be there, and then I'm not here, so I'm not fully present in this moment, so therefore I'm less effective in this moment. Like when I do, uh, someone mentioned martial arts earlier. If I'm doing a kata in martial arts and I'm thinking about anything other than that moment, I'm going to screw up the kata. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so if I'm not here in this moment, I'm going to screw up this moment. Or at least not maximize it. Bingo. And you've also touched upon one of the key ways to rein in our E-G-O, our ego. Our ego thrives and loves the past, and it super adores and keeps you totally on a string with the future. But when you're in this moment, in this moment right now, truly in this moment, and it recognizes it really has to just kind of go along with what's going on, it hates it. Has anybody noticed that? Mm-hmm. Why does it do that? Control. And that's the one thing about our material world that we have this enormous illusion around that we have any type of control over it. Look at what happened to people's lives in Sandy within seconds, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. People's lives in 9-11 or any other, I mean, what's going on in the Middle East right now? I mean, we honestly do not know when our number is up. We really don't. And as much as we try to nest, as much as we try to control and pad and, and insulate our world with our things, we just don't know. So the goal of this first step is getting a perspective about our material things, such as you get at peace, you become at peace with the fact that while on the one hand it is true, our material world plays a role it plays one small role in our overall ability of confidence. If you think of confidence as 100%, I would say that our material world, in order for you to be 100% confident, if you can place your material world in about the 10% category, if that, you'll be doing well at being fully confident most of the time. That's an interesting thought, and I like that. I know this is just the beginning on expanding on that I, that concept, but I um, it kind of makes me excited, actually, to hear that. Any particular reason why I'm biased this way? Any thoughts on that? You know, actually, something I thought about earlier in our conversation today and um, what this just uh, brought up for me is what I mentioned earlier, and that is when I moved earlier this year, you know, I got rid of a lot of things. And some of the things, it, it was kind of hard for me to let go of. Yet, I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. And I have been uh, kind of shifting more into my life of quality over quantity. And I feel good. I feel good about it. And I felt great giving those things away and and releasing them. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about 10%, awesome. <laughs> It's tricky. Why do you think it's tricky in our in most of our cultures? I think it goes back yeah, to said. what Stu was talking about. Stu? 
I think our media sort of uh, promotes, you know, uh, consumerism, doesn't it? So, you know, get this, get that. You're going to be better with this. You're going to be better with that. This is going to make you happier. This is going to make you smarter. This is going to make you more beautiful, whatever it is. So we're, we're constantly bombarded by these messages that we, that we need to consume in order to be happy and confident. Bingo. Yeah, I think it's sad. It's almost like we, don't, we are not enough. Bingo. And we, and we don't need those things. Really, we don't. Isabel, I careful. That that's that's a pretty radical thought you're throwing out there. Yeah, but I, I was thinking about. Uh, I mean, I'm from France, and when I came in, I don't want to say anything bad, but when I came in in the United States, I sense that here it's more about money than in France. Everybody, they, I felt like people wanted to acquire material things, and the more they have, the more they felt, the more the, the better they were, they felt. And I thought it was so superficial. And uh, now it's less, I think it's not as much here, maybe, it's, I don't know, but uh, it's everywhere the same in the world. And um, I think it's very sad to to think that if I have a beautiful house, I have a beautiful car, I'm arrived. And it's not that. It's not about that. I mean, for me, uh, life is not about that anymore. Uh, I would love to have a beautiful house in Provence, yes. But it's not just to have the house, it's to share my house with other people. I want to have this house to have friends coming to my house. I want to not to just have it um, and feel good because I don't know how you, um, not just to say, okay, I have a house like everybody else has a house. And it's not that at all. And it's more about what I feel inside. I don't know if I explain myself very well, but... Um, I don't know if you understand what I mean, but Isabel, you're again. You you also are reading my mind. Great, I got a team here who's reading my mind. I'm in I'm in trouble. This is going to be a wild series. I love it. <laughs> Think about this: the material world, stuff that we can touch, taste, see, smell, hear. There's a common issue to all of them. Anybody guess what that issue is? It's instant. Mm-hmm. That's like good. It's, yep. It's very tangible. Very tangible. What else? It's external, isn't it? Oh, you got a really good one there. Keep going. Well, as long as we've got stuff to prove that we've achieved the things that we set out to achieve, uh, then effectively that ends up Kind of reversing itself, so the stuff becomes the proof, and without the stuff, there is no proof, and so our confidence then relies more and more and more on the. As we build more stuff, it means our confidence is outside there, in all the stuff, but we want to get the confidence in inside of ourselves rather than outside of ourselves, because if we lost it all, like in Katrina or whatever, then um, we've got to build it up again, and um, if we've got it inside of us, it's just there all the time. Bingo. Bingo. And when we look at the concept of aging, now I realize that I'm the only one suffering from that concept of aging. Everyone else listening to the call, you're all immortal beings and you never need to worry about growing older and so forth and so on. I, I realize I'm the only one with it. <laughs> Think about this. Our, our abilities, our, our material world fades. 
things rust, things break, things can get burned up, things can get taxed, things can go out of style, right? Mm -hmm. Things wear out, yep. So if that starts happening, then that deals with what I call worth decay. Worth decay. If your sense of worth begins to decay, what do you think your confidence is going to do? Okay. Okay. Well, it's just uh, that's so uh, that's so pertinent because if you think about a pair of flared trousers, you buy a pair of flared trousers in the 70s and they're the most valuable thing that you own at that time and they go out of fashion three years later and all of a sudden they're worth less. They have, they're not worth anything to you. Unless, do you live long enough and you keep them in good enough shape? Isn't it <laughs> yeah. how they come back in style? <laughs> no, I haven't got any of those, honestly. <laughs> you know you're getting old when you open up your closet and eBay wants it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's also another little insidious part of of stuff. Who's familiar with the law of diminishing returns? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who'd like to speak about the law of diminishing returns? Uh, This is Jace. I will. Someone else does. Go for it. Uh, Just the more you consume of something, the less pleasure you get. So, um, for instance, if you have a bag of potato chips, the first few chips are awesome, maybe the first couple handfuls, but then after that they get less and less enjoyable. Now, how does that equate to our material world? We got to consume more in order to keep getting the same amount of satisfaction as what we first consumed. Mm-hmm. Or, if we keep consuming the same amount, we'll keep getting less and less satisfaction. It's never enough, in other words, but it's also worth less. And I like how he said "worthless" in that accent he has. It's beautiful. Like I heard it in a new way, and not just "worthless," like it has no value. I heard it as "it's worth less." and it's worth less than whatever it's compared to. That was really cool. Ooh, say it again, Stu. (laughs) (laughs) Worth less. (laughs) So think about that. We are now in, at least in the United States, uh, about to enter in the cyclone known as the holidays. Yeah, we're thinking about that, sorry. Uh, that people want to have the first thing that can come out in on, in the store. We want it because it's new and everybody else uh, has it. And after a while, we, like my son, he wanted a Wii, so we waited online for days and <laughs> for, to have it. And after a few months, now it's sitting and, I mean, uh, he doesn't even play with it anymore. Mm-hmm. So... It's the same with everything we acquire, I think. It's like a, a fashion, and we want to have things to make us feel good because, oh, this person has it, so I want to have it. But then we we let it go, and we are not really... So why did we need that? Why did we buy it? Yes, and then we add in the keeping up with the Joneses concept. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say keeping up with the Joneses? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody got a story about how you may have fell into the trap of keeping up with the Joneses? <laughs> Monica, you go and then Jace. I mean, Stuart. Oh, I, I think that um, 
that that was more important to me when I was young and my world was a lot smaller. Definitely, you know, um, image was such a big deal, you know, through high school and having the right clothes and the stylish clothes. And that really, um, looking back, ran my life a lot more back then than it does now. But I definitely experienced the stress of it. I, I remember feeling a little stressed about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Stu, you were about to say? I was about to joke that it's never happened to me ever in my life. <laughs> but obviously it has. <laughs> we'll be getting Stu's <laughs> We'll be getting Stu's partner on the next upcoming show for a feedback on that. And uh yeah, in fact, you know, maybe we should get everybody's uh everybody's part oh, you know, that would be an interesting show. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, we're rapidly coming up toward the end of our our show here. Any any ahas that have bubbled up for anybody? I'll just run right down the list. And just see any anything in particular, and I'll start with the person. Okay, we're going to have the. I guess we're starting a tradition here. The quiet award. Last week we recognized that Crystal was a little bit quiet, and who has been the most quiet on the show today? That person gets to go first. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, you've I'm been taking a nap. Out. Oh, oh, oh. No. My big aha moment for today, here I am sitting on my desk taking notes, and this is um, this is wonderful, coming out of the weekend of, you know, doing a seminar and breakthroughs and amazing moments. But this right here is um, what Stu said, that the stuff becomes the, ed- the evidence or the proof of our achievements. And I think um, writing my vision this past weekend and trying to achieve that and trying to uh, change people's lives and in the meantime um, go and achieve things for myself making me is making me think twice about my vision now. I mean, what's really important out there that I want to get? Is that material stuff, a bigger house, a newer car, vacations, or is it really changing people's lives? Um, so, you know, this is, this is very interesting and very powerful for me right now. Um, my confidence is not going to depend on what I'm able to get material-wise. My confidence is going to depend on what I can do for other people in this world. Well, this is Elaine. I guess I see a quick um, difference between me and my husband, Daniel, who comes from Cameroon and really just came here with a suitcase, and he has no attachment to anything. And um, I'm probably more attached to maybe to certain things. Like, I know he just tells me the house is just a house, Elaine, get over it, you know. <laughs> so he has no attachment to anything in life, so it's kind of maybe a cultural issue as well. Oh, the the breakthrough I had, the aha I had, is I'm still keeping up with the Joneses. That's ah. not so great, but I realized the way I've been keeping up with the Joneses, or the way I used to do it, was with transformation. Like, oh, I'm going to this seminar, and I'm going to that seminar. And it's like, oh, am I as developed as the person next door to me? So, yeah, thank you. Cool. All right. Thank you. Monica. Uh one of the things that stands out for me is, uh, you know, when you said everything 
being conscious about everything that I have and what I value because they're my teachers. And I am going to now take a look deeper into that and see what they're teaching me. So I'm kind of kind of excited to to uh, dive into that. So yeah, thank you for that. Cool beans, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, and Stu. Yeah, very quickly, my you've pointed out to me that my my confidence levels lie in the stuff I've got, and it, and, it, and my aha is is realizing why I've been so resistant over the last few years to get rid of stuff, and this is gonna this is gonna really um, kind of encourage me to actually start filtering the things out of my life. Wow, that was quite the full 60 minutes, team. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all the hard work and effort, and I can feel the creative juices going, so I want to thank you again for this another extraordinary show. With that thought in mind, I want to make sure that everyone knows that this is just the beginning of the journey, and we do indeed have some more places to go with you, so be sure to mark your calendar each week, come back and join us on a regular occasion. And with that, crew, on the count of three, I'd like to hear a rounding aloha to wish everyone a fabulous week. One, two, three. Aloha! And now, a few words from Lillian. Thank you for listening to PWR Network. I'm Lillian Caldwell, the founder of PWR Network. I personally thank you, as well as my other listeners, for your support. To enjoy the benefits being heard by our 8 million-plus listeners, call me at 734-827-9406 to explore how to become a PWR Network host or sponsor. Once again, I'm Lillian Caldwell, the founder of PWR Network. Thank you for listening to this program. We look forward to hearing from you. Imagine thousands of people from around the globe gathered together for 15 minutes to change the world. Well, it's happening. Every Saturday on The Attention Call, in your car, at work, walking, driving, or working out, you can join us. Visit www.intentioncall.com and download the free app to be part of this massive movement. Join the world's largest intention call at www.intentioncall.com. See you this Saturday. Hey, heads up listeners, Soul Dancer here, PWR Network's executive producer. I'm excited to announce that PWR Network has launched a new monthly contest. Each month we check to see which of our site members has shared the most comments on our site. The top person will win some really great prizes. Get yourself registered today. How? Click on our Get Registered link at the top of pwrtalk.com. Again, visit pwrtalk.com and get registered today. And then start sharing your comments to win that prize every month. PWR Network is excited to announce four unique, exclusive station sponsor packages. 
each package is packed with 10 times the value you'll pay with your checker card. Visit pwrtalk.com today. Click on the About Us link at the top of every page. Learn more about how we will feature you to our growing station listeners, now over 9 million strong. Call Lillian Caldwell at 734-827-9407. Again, that's Lillian Caldwell, the president of PWR Network at 734-827-9407. Will you be one of our four lucky sponsors in 2014? Visit pwrtalk.com and boost your luck today. Aloha, Soul Dancer here. I'm the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and I'm on a mission to end worth decay. Are you suffering from worth decay? Here's how you know you might be suffering from worth decay. If you think or feel worthless because of your age, health, finances, or your looks, guess what? You're suffering from worth decay. There's good news. Our series here on PWR Network is Stopping Worth Decay. To get the most out of this series, just listen in every week. For those who really want to end worth decay, you'll call and register to be part of our unique self-paced program. Call me at 312-268-0000 or visit PAY411. That's pay411.co to learn more about this program.